Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. On today's World Insight, the Philadelphia Orchestra will honor the legacy of their trailblazing 1973 tour to China by performing and conducting master classes in China this week. We speak to members of this ensemble, including one violinist who was a veteran of the first China concert 50 years ago. An epic concert 50 years ago still resonates today. In fact, as we come to understand the nuances of history, people are appreciating and respecting the guts and wisdom for those who made it happen. So much so that 50 years later, when this group of 14 musicians from the Philadelphia Orchestra traveled to Beijing, Tianjin, Suzhou, and Shanghai for residence activities and performances, many are once again enchanted both by the history and by the sincerity of the music. So this trip actually started its planning already back in the early 2020, and this is the 50th anniversary, always big, right? Yeah, we, we knew this day was coming, and we had it, it, it had a different shape when we were planning it in January 2020. We were going to come in May for a full orchestra tour, um, and the anniversary actually took place um, just a few weeks, yeah. just a few weeks ago. So we, here we are. Have you ever thought about, since then, what the anniversary should be like? We thought a lot about how to commemorate this important moment in world history and cultural history, musical history, and also geopolitical history. Ultimately, what we realize is that all of us involved in the Philadelphia Orchestra, all of us involved in the arts and culture between our two. Actually, we're creating the possibilities for the next 50 years, right? So the past is very important. But really, what we're here to do is to make sure that in 50 years' time, the Philadelphia Orchestra is still coming to China, is still an ambassador, a global ambassador for America. I have tears in my eyes when you're talking about that. What you're experiencing is also what audiences experienced in 1973 and in all of our visits. Mm. And you see people with, with tears in their eyes. I mean, and this is why what we do matters. People who never experienced it will not be able to tell the significance of it. And we are at an important crossroad. And responsibility of the Philadelphia Orchestra actually is tremendous this time when you see the enthusiasm coming from the audience. Back in 1973, how should we imagine how they did it? No cell phones, no instant TV connection that was easy, no satellites everywhere. Both China and America were very different countries the people of China and the people of America had really no idea who the other was, right? They had not positive impressions, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And then the Philadelphia Orchestra landed here. With the support of both sides to make it happen. Everyone, there was a collective will to make it happen, but they had to come and perform the concerts that touched your heart. Look, if it hadn't been a great orchestra like Philadelphia, then 
it, you would have enjoyed it, but you wouldn't have had the tears. And, and that's what you need. So they came here and Chinese people saw that American people were the same as them. They feel the same things. American people saw that Chinese people were the same as them. Yeah. Each was humanized for the other. And the musicians of the orchestra went and taught in schools and did master classes yes, and walked around, literally walked around, and made connections that are now multi-generational. One of the most striking things from my visit in 2019 was meeting a senior foreign office official of the Chinese government. He said in a very gentle way, he said, thank you for what you do. It's so, so important. My parents talked about this moment growing up, the 1973 visit, and now I talk about it to my children and I can bring them to the Philadelphia Orchestra. Please keep doing what you're doing. Tremendous responsibility, I'm sure you felt. It's an awesome responsibility, but all of us, you too, all of us who are part of it, have a responsibility to ensure that music, the power of music, can be shared. Matthias Tarnopowski, president and CEO of the Philadelphia Orchestra, has been traveling back and forth between China and the U.S. He told me he cherished every trip and every person the music has touched. Both the presidents of the United States and China have been over the years expressed their appreciation of your work. On the one hand, you are not political, but on the other hand, you need to work with these uh, political yeah. leaders. So as the head of the Philadelphia Orchestra, how do you keep that balance? Uh, we do like to say that we're America's greatest export <laughs> and we, we, enjoy, we enjoy saying that. But we don't take sides. We don't support any particular cause. perspective yeah. or cause. We firmly believe that music can be a vehicle for dialogue, for understanding, that music can express ideas that words alone cannot convey, mm -hmm. and our absence would be more damaging if we didn't do it. 1973, yeah. you have a combination of experienced and young musicians. Yeah. This time, once again, an interesting diversity you got of the team performing this time. How do you choose the uh, repertoires to perform and how these people are becoming such a great combination? You see music by composers that you haven't heard on our stages before. Uh, you know, William Dawson, Florence Price, Valerie Coleman, Gabriella Elena Frank. And we now routinely travel around the world with their music, whereas um, in 1973, we, we wouldn't have. The musicians of the orchestra, you know, it's a constantly evolving uh, an evolving thing, the people who are in the orchestra. And this time, it's so moving because we have David Booth, who's 50 years in the orchestra, and one of his first concerts was in the orchestra was in China in 1973, and he's still in the orchestra. And he's here with us on this trip. You've been traveling for already two weeks. <laughs> this is your third week. Yeah. Before we start this conversation, you are having a great nap. I was wonderful, yeah. Only a very short one. Very short, micro nap. Yeah, I always wonder, you know, as a team leader, not only you need to support people, you know, uh, to gear them up, yeah. how, how would you make sure that's always likely to be the case? How could you manage to do that all the time? Yeah, um, you've answered the question, though. It's a team. All of us have been working really hard, but also with great enthusiasm 
right. We, we for this love, trip, for example. for this trip, we love being here. We we love that it's important. You know, we feel that we're doing work that matters. The musician feel the musicians feel that we're doing work work that matters. So it it's a fantastic it, it's a fantastic group of people, and we all lift each other up. It's such a pleasure. It's wonderful to talk to you again, and, and, I, and I love that, that, uh, that we're continuing a conversation that we began several years ago. It's great to see you. Let it continue. Let it continue. David Booth is a 73-year-old violinist who first came to China in the year 1973 when he had just joined the Philadelphia Orchestra. It was a dramatic story for him then, but for China and the U.S., It is a story that reverberates even today. David, fifty years <laughs> back again. Yes, it's been a quite a wonderful, remarkable journey. I'm sort of amazed that I've lasted for fifty years, but I'm very glad. There are twenty and thirty more years to go when you are performing on the stage again for all of us. I, I think yes, performing and making music I think does tend to both give you energy and keep you young. What about that part of the memory? What does that keep on giving you, you know, as a person in terms of an enriched life? Well, there's of course the the memory of first. It was my first time taking a trip outside of the United States. And so to come to China was was remarkable in itself. I mean, I had, of course, heard about China from school books and from geography and things, and seeing it on TV, but I, I never dreamed that I would would be able to come and see it, especially at such an early time. And、uh, the experience of that, and the people that I've met, and making music with the people that I've met throughout the years has been. Incredibly important, and one of the most satisfying things I have to say in my life.、Mm. It's something that I experience almost every day,、right. and everywhere I go, one of the amazing things is that I run into people that were at those concerts 50 years ago. It just happened just a few weeks ago. We、really? were, yes, literally, we were in North Carolina、mm. in the United States, and we had two concerts there. And in the middle of one, I got a notice that somebody wanted to talk to me. And I went to the stage door, and here was this man and his wife, and they told me we were in China in 1973, and、they? saw those、wow. concerts. So, and it, it's amazing how frequently that happens, and all over the world. So, you know that that、uh, shows you, or shows me especially, the impact and the lasting impact of this experience of making music here in China in 1973,、mm-hmm. and it also makes you realize more and more, especially from as times go by. Just how many people that reached, and in so many different ways. Take the composer Tan Dun. I think that's one of the most touching stories, in that he said that he was in a field at the time, and they played the concerts to the people there working, which I find wonderful too. And he was so moved by the music that he made the decision right then and there that he wanted to become a musician and <laughs> become part of this sound and. Indeed, it's a, a wonderful story what he's done. Not only his music making, but also this intense desire of his to want to save and preserve the the music traditions of the past, which is very important. Those things,、uh, that's a, a treasure which can, with time, if you're not careful with it, you have to realize how precious it is and how you want to preserve that and work to preserve that. David, you know, 
when you are in a country for the very first time, one's ears, eyes, and minds are all open, right? But once you are in a country for the 20 years and even the 30th time, um, how do you make sure that you can still discover new things? As an artist, you always want to discover new things, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And for one thing, it's easy to discover things here in China because you have so much uh, in, in things, art, uh, music. I love the nature of China. It's so beautiful. I love the plants of China. I've uh, discovered, and, and even a couple of times that I've been here, I've managed to buy plants here in China and send them back. I have a greenhouse at home. Oh. I was earlier talking to the flying tigers. I don't know whether you know them. You know, the American pilots who helped China during the Second World War oh, in wow. the Pacific Rim. What they are telling me, there's one guy who is, can you be believe, 103 years old. Oh, yeah. He came here this time. Really? 103. He was on the Great Wall. But what I want to say is, he told so me... So I'll have 30 years before I do that. Oh, I think you should do better, right? 40. Well, Let's do well, 40. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll so try. what he told me was very interesting. He said, you know, sometimes I tell these stories many times, and I hear my peers' stories, and I got mixed up. I don't know whether it's my story or other stories, but you know, it never matters. It's our stories. I, I can see how that happens, because I've, I've on this trip, especially... It's interesting, isn't it? It is, it is. And, and how your memories, of course, they're a sense of reality, but yet there's something amazing about them that at times I look back on what I've experienced and particularly this relationship with China and my association. At times it's, it almost seems like a magical dream. Yeah. So what, what, what about it when there was difficult times when people were saying, ah, oh, China, 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 you know, what was it like for you? I think the most important thing that I can say about that is that I strongly, very firmly believe that, that music transcends problems, it transcends governments. It puts us in a place where, if nothing else, we can escape from that. Music can be a great escape, it can be a great healer, and in an incredible way to, to deal with perhaps negative issues in our life. Thank you so much, David. Oh, thank you. Among the youngest members of Philadelphia Orchestra's latest tour in China is the orchestra's principal librarian, Nicole Jordan. She is a Philadelphia local and the first African-American woman to join the orchestra as a full-time member. First time in China. First time in China. There's so much about the history between Philadelphia Orchestra and China. So I guess as a member of it, when you are here, you're so different from just an average tourist or yes. just an average business person. Yes. Right? So how are you a digesting all of this, you know, this first-time experience, the five-decades history. I don't know. I don't know how I would function in that circumstances. Uh, moment to moment, I mean, just as wide as the streets are and as long as the, you know, the streets are, is our history. They're, they're so expansive and it can be really overwhelming when you are just looking down everything and trying to take it all in. But digesting it piece by piece, just being in the moment, being open to experiencing what happens, you know, walking down the street, greeting people, or getting something to eat, trying to get my Alipay to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important if you want to shop, girl. 
And I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the things people have been talking about is uh, how Philadelphia Orchestra has managed through such a long stretch of time still be there in China. And uh, whether it's rainy days or the sunny days, I mean, when we talk about this, I already feel you know, very strong in a way because you have companions, right? Yes, yes. And you feel that it's not you yourself that work, but you have many others around you that also work in that way, that direction. Yes, absolutely. I, our music, as David said, music transcends so many things, politics, religion, class, social status. It's something that we all just have feelings for. Music just evokes, it takes us to a place beyond our everyday. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build connections and bridges with people. David told the story about the people that come up to him and say how transformative and powerful his visit with the orchestra was, his first visit in 1973 was, and how that really is something that he, it happens so commonly. Mm -hmm. And I want to have that legacy in 50 years, you know, sitting down with someone and saying, Wow, Nicole, when you came with the orchestra in 2023 and I got to meet you and hear the ensemble, my life changed. It made me want to be a librarian or it made me want to get into music or work with an orchestra or pursue my dreams as a singer. Or There's so many things you can do and that's such a huge legacy and that's because we came here to make connections with people. That's so important. So. How are you going to support a team? How are you going to make that contribution to the final performances on the stage? Well, at home, my job is basically to have the right piece of music with the right person at the right time mm -hmm. in the right place. And that sounds easy, but it's not. No. <laughs> um, Tell me more about that. <laughs> I think we need a few more interviews for All that. All right, then. All right, then. So... Yeah. Um, well, I'm a, I, my degrees are in viola performance and music history, and there's no training for what someone like me does. My counterparts here in China, same way. There's no school that you go to to get this degree. You just work for an ensemble and you get experience that way, trial by fire. And here coming, we came from a European tour directly here, so the preparation for that, this visit was a lot different mm -hmm. and right now I'm just trying to play a supporting role with the colleagues playing the small ensemble groups mm -hmm. and also trying to just establish relationships with my Chinese counterparts that do the same job that I do. I would love to know to know who they are and I would love to learn what they do in their everyday and how we can connect. And how are the, what are the questions you want to ask them? Everything, everything. Is, I, how do you make music here? Mm -hmm. How do you order music? How do you deal with copyright laws? How do you deal with music preparation? Do your string players do their bowings late like my string players do their <laughs> bowings late? You know, anything and everything. I'm just so curious and I really just want to connect with them and hope that, you know, the same is true in that's, reverse. That's really wonderful. And what, what do you think about the collection of the repertoires going to be played this time? I think it's really good with the colleagues being able to curate their own performances for their small, or sorry, um, repertoire for their small group performances, they took so much consideration into things that matter to them, things that are traditional within their own individual experiences, as well as in 
Chinese culture and, you know, picking songs that people will recognize and... Like which piece? You sang it with David. You, there's there's some jasmine flower yeah, happening. Jasmine flower, yeah. Moon reflected onto fountains. We have a few of those things. I don't have the words for it because I just think it's just so incredible that my playing colleagues are, you know, trying to continue these connections and doing so organically and authentically and passionately. And that's just so inspiring mm -hmm. to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you will come also many times to China. I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. The music is always the key, and it goes both ways, the orchestra and its audience. Assistant conductor Tristan Ray Sherman is also in China for the very first time this year, but he's already fascinated by the ancient poet Li Bai. At the dinner party yeah. we met, and you practice your Chinese yes. with that beautiful Chinese name. <laughs> now you got to know what it means, right? Yes. What does that mean? So we have 我姓却. Now, we, I need to talk more about 却. Yeah. Because you said it's a grand gate, a grand gateway. It's an it's a ancient grand gate. And then uh, 我叫思腾. And yeah. Means thinking. 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 And tongue, the I, I don't have a phrase for yeah. tongue. soaring, yeah. soaring or galloping, as galloping. you said. Yes, yeah, yeah, both could be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a name. Yeah, and I've heard that these um, characters are are a little rare. They are. Yeah. Especially the family name, Xue, mm -hmm. very Xue. rare. Yes. Yeah, yes. but it goes very well with the sound of your given name, Trit. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's supposed to sound like Tristan. Who gave you the name? I believe one of our um, essential helpers and guides on this trip, Mei Mei, I think she assigned it to me. Oh, that's very yeah, nice. Yeah. It's a very intellectually sounding name. Mm. I guess matching your style. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, tremendous responsibility for you, I guess. Mm -hmm. First time after four years. Yeah. And this is a, a combination of uh, both... Uh, uh, legendary players mm -hmm. like uh, David mm -hmm. and young uh, musicians as well. So how would you bring their synergies together? <sighs> I don't think about it. You don't I, think I don't about because you the do more I, the more I think about it, the more worried I get or anxious <laughs> about it. Because this is also my first time in China, and joining the Philadelphia Orchestra, you are joining an incredible tradition and an, an incredible legacy. And the, the, our relationship with China is its own very special legacy within that. And I can only bring my energy in the moment, day to day, and do my best. But I'm sure you have learned a lot about history at the back of your head. Yes, but I, I will say, uh, as Nicole mentioned, that I, I have spent the last two months or so learning Chinese. And I'm just starting to realize the thousands of years of history and culture that are about to open up to me as my mm -hmm. language skills get more advanced. Mm -hmm. And we're performing four, four pieces on Tang Dynasty poems, Tang Dynasty poems. Um, and I'm just learning about Li Bai, who uh, I'm just discovering is this miraculous, mm -hmm. amazing poet. 
He's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited because I'm at the beginning of a long journey with this language and with the culture and the history here. It's like the Grand Gate. It's the Grand Gate, the Chue. Family name, the Chue, just opened.、Mm-hmm. Tell me about your niche in a way, because you have Yan, who is of course one of the most well-established conductors in the world,、mm-hmm. but at the same time, you are also providing a great component、mm-hmm. to the orchestra. Tell me about how you are thinking about this. Yes,、yeah, so I started studying conducting ten years ago, so this has been a long, a long trip. Long journey to get here,、mm-hmm. and、um, to my young fellow conductors, they need to know that it takes time, and if you stick with it long enough and you just refuse to quit, you, things start to open up.、Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe when I got this job, but、um, I'm just very happy to be a part of this, and、right. we'll see where we go next.